With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This episode is brought to you by the 5-Day Money Challenge. Get your stuff together with money and increase your confidence in just five days. Save your seat at whitneyhanson.com slash money challenge and join in on the fun. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Are you working in your dream job? I don't mean a job that you're just okay with. I mean, one that really lights you up, one that does way more than just paying the bills. I think it's very possible. Now, I know a lot of people think that the only way to get your dream job and to have this like truly fulfilling career is to create your own job. And while I do have to agree in some cases that is the case, I would not be where I am if I didn't create my dream job. It's not for everybody. Running your own business has its own level of stress. It has its own level of uncertainties and discomfort and financial instabilities. And it's certainly not for everybody. But the good thing is, it doesn't have to be. So today, we're going to be talking a little bit about how you can build up your personal brand to help you get your dream job, whatever the heck that might mean. So I want you to treat this as almost a mini workshop. So if you have the ability to listen to this, push pause, go through some exercises, and really give it some true thought so that it can benefit you and your career. It's way too important. We spend a lot of our best time and our best hours at work. So damn it, you better like what you do. I think it's so critical. So today we're going to be talking about how we can apply this methodology to get you noticed, get you promoted, enhance your professional image, and have a more meaningful career. If this all sounds good to you, you are definitely in the right place. So let's go ahead and dive in. I'm curious for you, when you hear the term professional, what do you think of? So seriously, what do you think of? I can be very, very clear and say, when I used to think of professional, I thought it was boring. I thought it was suits and ties. I thought it was as a female dressing in these like solid black dresses and always having my hair look perfect. I thought professional meant boring. 
And honestly, we need to rethink what professional means. I think a common misconception is that professional means you're ultra polished. You wear that suit, you have the high heels, you only use fancy words when you're speaking. And sure, that can be, okay, if it's authentically who you are, but you can still be professional and be true to yourself. So if you have been maybe a little uncomfortable with leaning into the professional setting and you feel like it's going to be boring, it's going to be dry, it's not really who you are, of course, always do what's true to you, but don't think that you can't still be a professional, make great money and still be a casual person. Like that's, I'm proof of that. I make great money. I'm a professional person and I am ultra casual. Like I swear on my podcast, most people would not do that, but it just shows you that you can still be professional. You can still do this as your full-time profession and not have to be boring. You know, the other thing too, that I often hear is that branding is for businesses. That is something that just businesses do and corporations. And honestly, branding is not just for businesses. It's a curated image that tells a story and it helps people understand what they can expect. Some of the most successful people have done a phenomenal job of building up their personal brand. Your personal brand is not just as a business owner. This is as you as a person, what people know you for, what they come to you for, what types of information you provide them with. Your brand is something that follows you throughout your entire life. And it's very, very critical because a lot of times what I find is that people do not do branding correctly for themselves or they don't view it in that way. And therefore they become known for something that they are not happy with. Maybe you're known in the office as the go-to person who always makes all of the phone calls, orders all the pizza on the company, I don't know, lunch hours, lunch and learns. Maybe you have created this brand for yourself that doesn't support you. People can't visualize you in a, in a higher setting, in a management position, because you're doing all these tasks that frankly, managers don't typically do. And so if that's the case, you have a branding issue. You probably have a lot of like self-esteem issues and maybe even like you're uncomfortable with confrontation and speaking up. But at the end of the day, you can rebrand yourself as the professional that you want to be. You can recreate that image. So I want you to know that no matter where you're starting, it's never too late to work on your personal brand. You can always recreate and pivot as many times as you need until you create the perfect curated image that you feel comfortable with. And more importantly, that's true to who you are as a person. We're going to start talking about some of the step-by-step strategies of exactly what you need to do and how to give you a framework to work off of for your building your professional image. But before we do that, I have to share a quick word from today's sponsor. I'm so excited. I'm such a believer in their mission. So I'm really excited to introduce you to them. Hey, can we talk for a sec? Have you gotten life insurance yet or even a quote for life insurance? It's so important because frankly, you don't know when your life is going to end. As really depressing as that might sound, it's so important that we take control of our financial life in this area and really get the support financially for our loved ones that we need. Here's the crazy thing. Men generally have more life insurance than women. Yeah, that to me, that's nuts because they generally have twice as much coverage. And that's where Jenny Life comes in. Jenny Life wants to help shrink that gap, which I am all about. And ultimately, it doesn't matter if you're a working mom, a single mom, an expecting mom, you're single like I am, or if your kids have four legs, like mine do as well, <laughs> you still need life insurance. Jenny Life makes it fast and easy for women to know their families will be taken care of with life insurance. That's you uniquely built for your needs. With Jenny Life, you can get life insurance policy without blood work or unnecessary red tape. 
and you can do it all online from your home. Here is something that is so crazy too. Before Jenny Life, if a pregnant woman wanted life insurance, she'd have to use her pregnancy weight. Yeah, her pregnancy weight. And that means higher rates. Or did you know that at one time in the US, it was illegal for women to own a life insurance policy? I think that stuff is so crazy. With Jenny Life, it's really quite easy. You do it all online from the comfort of your home. They ask you five simple questions. They curate plans from dozens of A-rated insurance carriers, and it gives you a personalized budget-friendly life insurance quote in seconds. For example, a healthy 32-year-old woman can get half a million dollars in coverage for about a dollar a day without ever stopping into a doctor's office. Always ask yourself, how will my family be cared for if I die? It's so important. Life insurance is something that every woman should have in place. I truly believe this because every family deserves a secure financial future. So take a few minutes to get your Jenny Life policy right now. Visit JennyLife.com slash nerds to get a free quote right now. That's JennyLife.com slash nerds to get your free life insurance quote today. JennyLife.com slash nerds. Go get your life insurance. Okay. So true story. When I first started my business and when I was making this decision of what type of value do I want to put into the world, I started to have a couple issues. I, at that time, so during my entire debt-free process, when I was paying off my debt, that's really where my financial journey kind of began from a number standpoint. Of course, it always begins earlier than that, but that's where I had my first, I guess, money win. And so When I was doing this at the exact same time, I was also losing weight. So I gained what I would deem more than the freshman 15 throughout college. And so at that exact same time, I was looking for a goal and I said, okay, I'm going to work on a health goal specifically to challenge me, to get me excited, to do all this stuff. At that time I had been running in the mornings and eating like super, super what I would deem clean. I was just really being intentional with my eating. And I had lost almost 25 pounds, which was awesome. And I was super excited about that, but it wasn't quite where I wanted to be. So that's where I started to look into fitness competitions. And I started training for my first figure competition, which is incredibly intimidating. You wear a bikini, you're in front of legit hundreds of people. You're in five inch clear high heels. You have tan that is like ridiculous levels because you have to be seen on the stage. And it has all these like dazzling swimsuits and your hair is perfect. And I saw that and was like, God, that looks kind of cool. I wonder if I could do that. And so at the exact same time that I was working my two full-time jobs as a staff accountant and a nail technician, I was also going to the gym late, late in the evenings. I don't talk about this often, but I was working out and doing the best that I could with my health too and training for these competitions. The cool thing is I started to have this moment where I was becoming known for two things, paying off debt and fitness. Now I had this moment where I had to decide what do I want, what type of image do I want to put out into the world? Is it an image of somebody that is a bodybuilder and somebody that is good with nutrition and working out and can do that kind of stuff? Or do I want to go into this business of helping people with money? Something that I was also very passionate about. And so I had this like moment of trying to figure out what business and what image do I want to create? And ultimately I decided that I wanted to become a well-known financial expert. That was what I was leaning towards. Now here's the crazy thing. That meant not publicly talking about my love of fitness. That was intentional. 
I started to notice people were asking me questions about fitness when I wanted to train people to know me for finance. So I had to not really let go of that identity, but suppress it a little bit. Because at that time I was building up my image, my brand, my personal brand as a financial expert. And that might happen for you too. You might be the best engineer in the entire world, but your heart dreams of being in marketing. Maybe you have such a creative brain and you know in your soul that you are much better in a specific role, but you feel stuck. Sometimes we have to let go of those identities or just suppress them a little bit in order to get a different shift in our career. And a lot of times this comes down to getting promoted. We talked a little bit about the person that's constantly making all of, we, we almost call this like the mom manager roles where it's like, you're the person that's going around making all the phone calls, making sure everyone's taken care of basically being the office mom. And that can really hurt your brand. That can hurt your image tremendously because it prevents people from seeing you in a management role. And now that's one example. We could literally go through hundreds of different examples of how this works. But ultimately a lot of times when people are not getting promoted in their careers, it's because of a few different reasons. One, managers can't picture you in that leadership role. When they can't see it, when people can't see you taking responsibility and taking leadership and owning different roles and leading a team, when they can't see that, you're not going to get promoted. The other reason you're not getting promoted is sometimes because you're waiting until you're qualified. This is the biggest myth I've ever seen of, and it's really interesting because it does come down to gender roles in some cases where there's been a lot of times from the book lean in, it talks about this so much with Sheryl Sandberg, her book. But one of the things that she said is that men will generally go for careers way before they're even qualified, but women will typically wait until they are 100% qualified before applying for that job or going for that new role or trying to become the executive director. They generally will hold themselves back until they feel like they're qualified. So of course we both know this, like you're not going to get something that you don't ask for, but so many of us will hold ourselves back without even intentionally doing it because we feel like we have to wait until we're qualified. So that's a huge reason why you're, maybe you're not getting promoted. The other one is you're not taking an initiative. Sometimes this is true. I noticed when I was working in a government job, working at Boise state, it almost seems like the standard, the state, the status quo is to do the bare minimum and that's okay. And so you're not going to get really promoted if you're not standing out, if you're not taking that initiative, if you're not going out there and trying to do things better. But you absolutely need to be taking more initiative. And sometimes that means taking on more work and not getting paid for it, which I'm not a fan of for long-term, but short-term stuff, if you're learning new skills and you're trying to get promoted, it can work to help build up your resume and to really make a case of why you deserve to be promoted. The next reason why you may not be getting the promotions that you deserve is honestly, you don't stand out. Here's what I find. I find a lot of people are maybe a little shy or maybe they just don't feel like they have anything to contribute and they go to meetings or you jump on a Zoom call and everybody says a couple things, people ask questions, and then at the end, you just chime out. You just check out, you go do your job. You don't even stand out. You don't even make a contribution in the meeting because you feel like you don't have anything to say, whatever the reason might be. A lot of times that's what we do. And ultimately what happens is 
those who are not standing out, if you're not making meaningful contributions, if you're not asking questions, if you're not developing some type of thought and sharing that with your team, you're not going to stand out and you're not going to get promoted because frankly, you're probably kind of invisible. And I don't mean to say that as a jerk. Like I, by no means, I, I never want you to feel shamed or hurt or like, I'm like, uh, like crapping on you or raining on your parade. I don't want you to feel that way. But sometimes I I've worked in the corporate world enough to see that there are some people that stand out and there's some that don't. And some of that comes down to body language. Some of it comes down to just not saying or communicating enough or not even expressing their wins enough or whatever the heck it might be. But I need you to start to ask yourself, how am I showing up at work? Am I standing out? And if I am standing out, is it in a good way? That's the other important piece too. And the last reason why most people don't get promoted is because frankly, you don't know what you want. If you know for sure you have a very clear path that your job is going to be a senior VP of sales, and that is the career path that you want, that's exactly the job that you want, and you're starting off with entry-level sales. That's where you're beginning. Your goal is to become the senior VP. If you know that, you have a very good chance of getting that because clarity is what gives us the action. It's what gives us the path And more than anything, when we communicate that clarity of what we actually want, people around us are going to help us get to that point. It's easy to help people if you know exactly what they want. But if you are not sure what you want out of your career and you're just kind of hopping around a little bit kind of mindlessly, you're not going to get promoted because nobody wants, knows that you want that promotion. And ultimately they don't know what direction you're trying to go with your career. So that's why it's so critical that you do spend some time to really, really start to think, am I starting off on the right foot? Am I standing out? Am I communicating? Am I showing up? Am I waiting until I'm qualified? Can my managers picture me in a leadership role? And do I have a very clear path of where I want to be? So I want to ask you a few questions, and I really do think that it's important to kind of journal on this and to write down your answers, because the more clear you can be on this, it's going to help. So we're going to go through a bit of a clarity exercise. Here's the first question I want you to ask yourself. Where are you right now? What's your job title? What's your salary? And most importantly, what's your level of fulfillment? Where are you right now? Job title, salary, level of fulfillment. The next thing that I want you to write down is where do you want to be in five years when it comes to your career? Where do you want to be? The next question to ask is how much money do you want to make? You guys, I want you to dream big on this. I do not want you to shun your ambition and to put that like in a hidden place because you feel like you can't ask for what you want. How much money do you want to make? Making money is a phenomenal thing. The more money you make, the more people you can help. And in a lot of ways, the more fulfilled your life can be. I want you all to be very unabashedly, unapologetic about how much money you want to make. My personal goal, $500,000 a year. That's how much I want to make. In the next three years, that's what I'm working on. So how much money do you want to make? I want you to dream big and realistically for you. It has to be believable. You can't just say $10 million a year if you only earn, I don't know, 10,000 bucks per year. 10 million seems like a way big stretch. So pick something that seems realistic to you and doable, but stretches you. The next question is what type of role do you want to be in? Do you want to be the type of person that doesn't have to 
really be responsible for anybody, just goes into the office, does your work, clocks out, that's it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Or do you want to be in a leadership position? Do you want to have your own team? Do you want to make decisions? Do you want to be a shot caller at your job? That is something that you have to get very clear on is what type of role do you want to be in? Do you want to be in leadership? Do you want to be not in leadership? Do you want to be in marketing? Do you want to be in sales? Have you always dreamed of being an engineer? What type of role do you want to be in? Now, the next thing to ask yourself is based on that role that you want to be in, what do you need to get to level up? What do you need to do to get to level up? Do you need a specific skill? Do you maybe need a certification, a degree? What is it specifically that you need? Now, the thing to be careful here is I don't want you to default to formal education. I don't want you to immediately say, oh, I have to have more education because that is not always the case. I think education is a phenomenal thing. I think it's incredibly important and it's so impactful for so many people, but it's also a tool that needs to be used correctly to help you get to the next level in your career. So really be honest with yourself. What do you need to do to get to that level, that role that you want to be in that brings you in a set amount of money? And how do you get there within five years? These are all of the clarity exercises I want you to start with. Once you have those written down, you are officially ready to move on to what I call the pie. (laughs) The pie strategy is going to help you get seen, get promoted, get noticed, and get into your dream job. So let's break this down so you can understand what PI actually means. PI is an acronym. It stands for performance, image, and exposure. These are the three categories that are going to help you become a more intentional professional. It's going to help you get noticed. And more importantly, it's going to get you the jobs that you actually want that pay well and are really fulfilling. Performance, image, exposure, PI. So when we're talking about performance, a lot of this comes down to self-awareness. You have to have an ungodly level of self-awareness to really start to understand how you're showing up. So when it comes to assessing your own performance and you're doing this whole self-awareness piece, there's four areas I want you to think through. One is passion. One is timeliness, skills, and presence. So let's go through each of these in a little bit of detail so that you can understand how you can actually become more self-aware and assess your performance. Now, when you're thinking through passion, I don't believe passion is something that you find. I believe passion is something that you, you bring with you. And so passion is very obvious. If you go to a restaurant and you sit down at a table and let's say you have three different servers, you can immediately tell who has a different level of passion, who is there just for a paycheck, And who's actually there because, yeah, they do want the paycheck. Let's be real. Like we're all working because we want money. That's pretty much the only reason. But who's working for money and who's working for money and finding joy in the the process? That level of passion is so interesting because that helps you stand out. It really does. It's very charismatic. We, We are drawn to that. When we find passionate people, I don't care if you are a person that's doing magic card tricks on the street, or you are working in corporate marketing. If you're passionate about what you do, or you can find some passion in the process, you're immediately going to stand out. So I want you to ask yourself, how am I showing up at work? Am I actually showing up as a passionate person? Or do I appear as if I'm just the person that's checking in for the paycheck? The next area to assess is the timeliness. 
Okay, I'm gonna be the first to admit, I'm usually about a five to 10 minute late person. I hate it. I think punctuality is so critical. So when I am late, it drives me absolutely crazy. But are you on time? When you get a job and you get a project, are you getting it done at the last minute or are you turning it in well in advance? Timeliness matters too. It really does. So that's the other piece to really think through when you're assessing your performance. Next is skills. Be realistic with your skill set. So if you are working in a job and you have been struggling, we're going to say you struggle with Excel. You guys are like, Whitney, I'm a money nerd. I never struggle with Excel. I respect that. I do. But let's say that's where you need a little bit of work. Your skills are not quite up to par for Excel. And you know, the career that you want, the path that you want to go down requires you to be the best person in the world at Excel. You have to have some more chops in that area. So assess that skill. What are the skills that are needed for your job and then the job you want? And then how do you bridge that gap? How do your skills stack up? Are you proficient? Do you need a little bit of work on it? What, I mean, just be as self-aware and honest as you possibly can. The next piece is presence. Presence is probably, besides passion, the most important thing. I really think that your presence and your passion trumps your skills and your timeliness a lot. I really do believe that because your presence matters because that's what people are gravitating towards. Now, we all know those people in the office that every time they walk in the door, you roll your eyes and you're like, oh my God, this is like, they're so draining. They're they're not fun to be around. They're very negative. They have no passion whatsoever. They are just a constant energy suck. That presence, it matters because who the heck would want to promote or give that person that's an energy drain the opportunities to have a better career? Who wants to have them on their team? Not very many people do. So I want you to really assess how are you showing up in the workplace and is that presence that you show up with exactly what you want to portray for your own personal brand? I don't care if this job is not your dream job. If it's a job that pays your bills, treat it with respect they took a chance on you. They're putting money into you. They don't have to. There's a lot of people that are unemployed and there's a lot of people that need jobs. And some people, your job might be their dream job. So always remind yourself of that too. Just because it's not your forever job doesn't mean that you don't want to treat it as if it is. I want you to show up like you would now for your forever job. It's so, so critical. And then the next piece when it comes to performance, if you are really trying to get promoted, if that is your big goal, one question to ask yourself to increase your your chances of getting promoted is what can I do to make my boss's job easier? What can I do to make my boss's job easier? This is a really great question to ask. And more than anything, it's a good question to ask them. It's really important, even if you don't like your boss, even if you think your boss is a freaking dick, if you think they're a total jerk, it's still important for you to ask that question. Because remember, we are practicing the way we show up in the workplace. You don't have to love this job, but this job is going to help you get to the next level if you allow it. Not to mention, even, I mean, here's what I always think about this too. I never want to burn bridges because I always think about if I burn this bridge, how could this potentially bite me later? And I mean, I, I always think picture, like when I was in the workplace, I used to think about this all the time. I would say, okay, there's so many times where I had a boss that I, guys, I hated my boss. My boss was a total jerk, like seriously, not a cool person. 
And every time I would have conversations with my boss, I would walk away almost in tears, ready to throw something and just frustrated and ready to walk out. Like this, like legit happened to me often. But one of the things that I told myself is if I were to do any of that stuff, if I let this affect my performance, what if I was going into another job and I walked in and the person that was interviewing me looked at my resume and said, oh my God, you know, so-and-so I'm their best friend or I'm their aunt or uncle or, oh my gosh, we grew up together. How would I feel in that moment? Because what I've learned for sure is that the world is a smaller place than we would like to think when it comes to our networks. And even if you don't like the person you're working for, they know somebody that might help you in your career. So always be careful about that and never, ever burn a bridge. So one of those things you can do to help you get promoted is ask, what can I do to make my boss's job easier? And more than anything, even if you hate the job, show up as your best self because you are a rock star and you deserve to have that level of passion and your performance should not be reflected of that. One super important tip too, when you're looking through your whole presence assessment and you're trying to figure out how do I show up? How do people view me? All of that stuff. There's so many different self-assessment tests out there. Here are three of my favorites. I really like the strengths finder assessment test. I think it's really good because it helps you understand what your true strengths actually are. I think it's fairly accurate too. The next one is the Myers-Briggs personality assessment. Myers-Briggs is so critical because it does evolve over time. You're never the same exact personality, but as a whole, it gives you an idea of how you view yourself and how you can maybe be perceived. So I think it's a really good one to ask or to take. The last one is the big five personality test. If you Google this, you're going to see a lot of different stuff, but I think the big five personality test is also a great way to go to just help you assess your overall performance, your overall presence, and more importantly, how people might be perceiving you in the workplace. So that's another very critical piece. All right. So we talked about the P performance of our pie. Now we're ready to talk about I, your image. Your image to me, this is the most fun part of the entire brand building process because how you perceive yourself and that image that you create is so fascinating to me. So I want you to think for a second, when you hear Oprah Winfrey, what do you think of? Okay. When I hear Oprah, I think of immediately total badass, absolute rock star. She is super successful risk taker. I think of all these different things. What about for you? Whatever you think and whatever I think, here's the interesting thing. I don't know this for certain, but I know I definitely don't know Oprah. I've never met the woman a day in my life. You probably haven't either. Yet we seem to think we know these people. Let's do another one. How about Steve Jobs? What do you think of? Mother Teresa, what do you think of? When you hear these people, we immediately have an image. We have a perception of who they are as a person, yet none of us have ever met these people. And I find this to be so fascinating, so, so fascinating, because that is an example of a well-crafted brand image. That's your image. When you hear somebody's name and you think of that person, that's the image that comes to mind. And there's a few different components that really make up your image. The first is your appearance. And I don't mean like your physical looks, although that does sometimes play a factor as well, but your appearance, 
your interests and your hobbies, the way you communicate, and lastly, your personality. These are all the factors that make up your image. So when people, when we hear Oprah, we immediately think of a well-dressed person who's very interested in giving back and helping people that are underprivileged. She's a great communicator. She had a talk show and her personality is kind of abrasive, but also very inspiring. At least that's what I think of. So what makes up your image are those four different characteristics. So it's really important to really start to assess that stuff. But the one that I want to spend the most time on, because I think appearance, communication styles, all of that stuff, we're going to cover a little bit about that. But the one I want to spend a little bit more time on is your personality and hobbies. Now, remember, this is all about branding. So this is stuff that's going to help define your personal brand. So when it comes to your personal brand, it's very important that you craft a very clear image of what you want your personal brand to be. So here are some questions to ask when it comes to defining your personal brand. So when I think of myself, <laughs> I immediately think of traveling, money nerd. I think I'm a financial nerd. And I think of somebody that's really passionate and kind of chill. Like I'm a casual person. These are like my personal brands. So for you to really help spark that conversation, I know for some people defining your personal brand is actually really hard. So here are some things that might help you. First is what gets you excited? When you think about something, what gets you so excited? What just like really gets you going? What are some of the hobbies that you enjoy? What are some causes that you believe in? What gets you fired up? I think fired up is a good one to think through because that really eliminates a lot of like what's truly important to you. And what are some of your personal values? So I want you to push pause on this episode and I want you to write down as many things as you can that define you. Just spend a couple minutes on this, as many things as you can that define who you are as a person or who you want to be perceived. And then I want you to go through your list and I want you to choose your top three traits. What are the top three things that define you as a person? What are those top three things? Now, of course, there's plenty of things that define us as people because we're, we're not binary people. Like we have a lot of different things that make us, make us who we are and it's very complex, but ultimately what are the three things that you want to be known for? What are you like your top three traits? Now keep these readily available because we're, they're going to come in really useful when it comes to our next session. But next, I want to talk a little bit about communication. This is another huge piece of your image, and it really does make a big difference on how you show up and how you are perceived. So there's really two different types of communication. There's online and then there's in-person communication, each of which requires a different level of respect and a different understanding of how to show up. When it comes to online communication, I think we've seen this a lot through all of 2020. It's being really careful about what you say online. Like it's being very intentional. It's being empathetic. It's putting yourself out there in a way that isn't attacking, isn't condescending, isn't shameful. It's putting yourself out there in a professional way online. Now keep in mind, online stuff never freaking goes away. Whatever you say online, it's always going to follow you. For better or worse, it's always there. And that's really scary for a lot of people because I know I've said some things in my past that I completely regretted. And thank God that didn't come back to bite me, but it's a very real thing. So be really careful with your online communication. Now, when it comes to your in-person communication, there's a lot of different ways that we show up. So you have to be really self-aware. Again, it all comes down to self-awareness of how 
how you're showing up in the workplace. So with communication, here's something that I personally know, found, found about myself and I had no idea I was doing it. I'm a naturally very bubbly person. I'm like a very smiley, talkative, happy-go-lucky kind of person. That's just my my personality. And what I found is that when I was embracing that personality, sometimes it was perceived as ditzy. As much as I hated that, as much as that irritated me, I'm not a ditzy person. I'm a very intelligent person. I, I really do believe that. But it can be perceived that way. So I have to be really careful about that. If I'm going into some business meetings where I need to be taken seriously, I'm not going to sit there and head nod, even though I'm a head nodder. Like if, I, if I'm listening to you in a crowd and you're giving a, a speech, I'm going to be your number one cheerleader. I'm that person that sits there and head nods, takes notes. I'm super, super engaged, but that doesn't always come across well. So you have to know your communication and how you're showing up in each of those different platforms. And ultimately, finding a balance of how do I show up professionally and embrace my authentic self. I always hate that word authenticity because I think it's really... It's a really buzzword. I mean, if I'm being real, everybody uses that word in some way. And we're always like, yeah, we need to be more authentic. But what does that mean? What does authenticity actually mean? It's important that when you're thinking through your authentic self, that you don't lose your voice. Your voice is what makes you amazing. That's what makes you so unique and so cool. It's your thoughts, your perspectives, the way you articulate your thoughts and perspectives, I don't want you to lose your voice. I want you to polish your voice, but don't lose it. The stylistic tone, everything about you, your vernacular, all of that stuff matters. That's your voice. And that's so important that you can still be authentically you. Also important when it comes to authenticity, don't try to be someone you're not. I see this a lot when it comes to the career in the workplaces. We often think that we have to be a, a certain way. If we want to be in a leadership role, we have to be this like ultra stern person, or we have to be very friendly. So we're not intimidating. But ultimately, ask yourself, like, who are you as a person? And try not to be somebody that you're not. And ultimately, don't be overly polished unless you actually are. If you truly are a very polished person, great. That's who you are authentically. So be that person. But if you're not, don't try to be overly polished. Sometimes it's really a lot less relatable when somebody comes across as super polished. In fact, we usually, science shows that we don't trust people that are very polished, we feel like we can't relate to them. It's super interesting. And just a couple points on the online communication piece. Just be really, really aware of how you show up online. But more than anything, I don't want to like lecture you about how we post or if we tweet or if we don't tweet. I don't want to like lecture you on that piece. But I do want you to buy your own domain. This is so critical. So I want you to today go buy yourname.com. So, so important because you want to control your online presence and you want to control that conversation and that, that image that you're putting out into the world. So buy your own domain. You can go to godaddy.com. You can go to, I think it's namecheap.com. There's lots of different ways to buy your domain, but definitely go buy that today because that is your home. That's the only thing online that you actually control. And no, you don't need a website to be a, like a business owner. Like it's not just for business owners. It's for anybody that wants to control their online image, which I would imagine is every single one of us. Some things to include on your own website, if you're like, okay, great, I got my domain, now what do I actually put on there? 
this could be something as simple as your resume, ways to connect with you, a bio, anything relevant from the exercise of defining who you are, that little exercise that we went through, those three top three traits, you could include that as well. So people can get a better idea of what you stand for. And then if you so choose, do not feel pressured to do this, but if you wanted to start a blog or do any video content, I think video content's really helpful for people to understand how you communicate, how you show up, um, and just build a deeper connection. I think video is so connecting for so many people, but those are some things that you could include on your own.com website. But I think it's so important to do that. A lot of people ask, isn't that what LinkedIn is for? And I mean, listen, social networks can go away at any time, anytime they can be gone. Do you remember MySpace? Me too. I loved it. But that was a platform that goes away. LinkedIn is still a social network. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool, but it can go away anytime. Your personal website will not. So that is why we want to control that side of our image and make sure that we buy our name.com. Okay. Another thing to really pay attention to is when we're doing our online platforms, I think it's important to remind yourself that the platforms, the social media platforms should be treated in a specific way. They're designed for a very specific reason and with different types of content. Like Instagram was created for sharing images. Now it's images and micro blogs, which I think is really fun, but it's evolved. Facebook is probably not the place to have a ton of micro blogs. Can it work? Sure. But it's more for casual connection. And so I think it's just important to always value the platform and use the platform for how it was created while monitoring what you say online. And then ultimately each of these platforms, the whole goal of it is to connect and provide value. When you're trying to ask yourself if you're being valuable with your posts, how you might know is engagement. This is something that I always look for when I'm doing any business posts or any personal posts is what's the engagement factor like. So there's lots of different ways to provide value. You can share events, you can share articles, you can share tips and tricks that will help make people's lives easier, uh, things that you found helpful. There's lots of different ways to provide value and all of those things that you share are ultimately still helping you create and craft your personal brand. So be aware of that as well. Now, when it comes to in-person communication, a couple little pieces of thought here that will help you tremendously is always be respectful of time. If you have a 15 minute meeting with somebody, honor that 15 minutes. That is a way that people will learn that you are a person of your word and that you can be respectful of time. The next thing is if you are in a meeting, make it a point to say something. I want you to say something in meetings. I do not want you to be a wallflower. I do not want you to get ignored because you are an incredible person and damn it, you deserve to be viewed that way. So you have to speak up in meetings. Another way is to be thoughtful of birthdays. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to buy cakes for every person in the office that has a birthday. Like You don't have to do that. But it's important that you just take the time to remember people's birthdays. It's a really thoughtful action that you can take that goes a long way and makes people feel truly valued. Another piece when you're uh, working on your in-person communication, stop apologizing. This is such a peeve of mine when people, when I was working in in corporate world, I would always have people come into the office and immediately knock on the door and say, Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt. Don't be sorry. Do not apologize. 
We apologize for so many things that you don't even need to apologize for. So just be careful. If you're constantly that person that says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can I just interrupt for a second? I'm I'm sorry. What that tells the other person is that eventually they start to think, oh yeah, they are interrupting. They are being a nuisance. They should be sorry for interrupting me when realistically that's not what you should be doing. So just be careful about apologizing and general rule of thumb when it comes to the workplace, never ever gossip. No gossiping. That is not the place. I don't care if your boss is a jerk. Try your hardest not to gossip. Gossiping is this surefire way to make you appear as if you're a total jerk and really create a sense of distrust. So be very, very careful about workplace gossiping. All of these components make up your image. All very, very important things. So I want you to really go through the exercises that we talked about when it comes to your image to make sure that you understand how you are personally showing up. And last but definitely not least is all about exposure. Exposure is the last piece of our pie. (laughs) I didn't really mean it like that, but truly it is the last piece of the pie and it happens to be the last piece of the acronym pie. So all about exposure. Exposure is really probably the most important thing you can do for yourself when it comes to your, your personal brand and your promotion strategy. And that's to associate yourself with different charities, different nonprofits, uh, volunteer organizations, attend conferences around topics that you're interested in, join your alumni association. The more people that know you, the better off you're going to be. It's not about you knowing everybody. It's about, do they know who you are. That's the important piece. And so I want you to really think through and associate with brands and groups, because what I know for sure is that your network is your net worth. And again, it's not about how many people you know, it's about how many people know you and what do they think of you? It's creating that image and working on your performance and really understanding how you show up. That network is so, so critical. If you have that network, you're going to have a much easier time of getting jobs. You're going to have a much easier time of getting jobs that are not even listed. That's the cool piece too, is when you know a lot of people and they know you, you're going to have a much easier time in general. There's lots of different ways that you can do this in an online setting, in an in-person setting. Of course, in-person would be the charities, nonprofits, uh, volunteering organizations, attending conferences, that kind of stuff. Those are all of the in-person things that are so critical, but you can also do this stuff online too. One of the ways that you can be valuable online and really show up and get more exposure is through brands and groups and reaching out to them for guest posting. So maybe you read, I don't know, psychology today, and you're a psychologist and you love reading that one and you want to be a well-known thought leader as a psychologist, you can reach out to them and, and offer a guest post based on your experience. So I think it's really important that you start to get published and you start to do this stuff outside of your normal job because it's going to create an image and a brand of you being the go-to person in whatever area that might be. And even if you don't qualify for some of these really cool publications, like you don't think you're going to be qualified for that yet, go on medium.com, go on there, share your thoughts, go on LinkedIn, share your thoughts, provide value through guest posts and share some of your wisdom, your lessons learned, some tips and tricks, things that have made your career easier. That's a way to really get exposure is to provide value. Ultimately, I want you to understand that your nine to five is important. It's your money. It's your job. I get it. But you are way more than your nine to five. 
you're way more than your nine to five. And so you are able to go through and start to build side hustles and find opportunities when you put yourself out there. But your nine to five is not your only chapter. You can close that chapter at any time and open up a new one. And to do that, you have to put yourself out there. You have to get exposure with new industries, new people, sometimes a totally new group. But it's very, very possible for you to say, this chapter is no longer serving me. I've had a good time. I'm still showing up the best that I can, but I'm going to explore something different for my life. And that is completely okay. I think it's very admirable. You can reinvent yourself as many times as you need. And to reinvent yourself, it's pretty easy. Just change your story. Be selective about what content you put out there. Associate with different brands and groups. Get out of your comfort zone and cut out complacency. If you want to make a career shift, these are all the things that you need to do to reinvent yourself. We covered a lot of ground. I hope you have enjoyed this. We've talked all about pie, the whole performance, image, and exposure. And I truly do believe if you work on these three areas of your career, you will find yourself in your dream job in no time. It takes the work, but you're worth it. Your career is worth it. You deserve to spend your best hours of the day doing meaningful work that brings you a killer paycheck and fulfills you. I think it's very possible. In fact, I know it is, and I am cheering you on. So please, please stay in touch with me. Let me know how things are going. I'd love to see what steps you're taking. And more than anything, I'd love to see what comes up for you when you go through these steps. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, super grateful for your support. Love that you listen to the show. And one of the biggest compliments you can do is share this episode with somebody you care about. Somebody that you know is looking for a career shift or wants to get promoted and you think this will help them. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you on Friday for Five Tip Friday or next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.